Ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the man cave here in wonderful, humid West Virginia. But because we only do the show once a week, I would be remiss if we did not begin with the show in a certain manner. Because today is Friday, September the 13th. Friday the 13th. But as we look back in reflection being a very important part of our lives, this is the week that 9-11 fell on. And 18 years ago on September 11th on that Tuesday morning, tragedy had befallen the nation. And I don't know about you, but I definitely remember where I was on those days and and how the the country felt and how the world seemed a little bit smaller. And for each and every one of you that are listening out there, I hope that you took at least a minute this week and tried to remember what that felt like and what it means for all of us going forward. Because, you know, I, I know as our lifetime continues to grow older, there, there's nothing that quite will ever be similar to that event. I know as far as I can tell, but I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Brown. I know he's got a couple things he would like to say in remembrance of 9-11. I mean, I just want to say for anybody out there who had not seen the uh, video that Chad and Mark put together for 9-11, uh, check it out. It hit me pretty hard every year. There's a video that I see, you know, for 9-11, and even though it's the anniversary, it hits you equally hard every single year. Like last year, I think it was the uh, – a sound of silence video I saw with all the uh, paramedics and, uh, and the cops you know, cleaning through the debris and doing what they do. And that's what they pay to do, but they, they were heroes. So every year there's something different for me. This year, like, I honestly didn't see a better video than yours. So I appreciate that. A lot of good work put into that. Um, but uh, it's 18 years, man. It don't seem like it's been 18 years. So it kind of shocks me that it's been that long. So, um, so I know I know you got a couple of things you're going to share, but while you're pulling that up, the one thing I, I do want to admit to, I'm a grown man, and I will tell you this, that when I was putting that video together, I, I, I shit you not, I had tears in my eyes, man. Like, it took me back to where I was in that moment in time, and it, it's not a hard thing. Uh, it's not not an easy thing, I mean, to, to go back and look at. And it's, it's one thing to kind of put it in the rearview mirror and not let it impact you, but I'm telling you, when you're going through all those pictures – and you're going back to where things were at that moment in time. It, it got me right in the feels, man. It was tough. I mean, and I agree. Every year it's something different. I mean, every year it's something hits me, depending on whatever I see. But, like, that's the single-handedly biggest uh, situation that occurred, occurred on our own soil. So, and we were alive during that time. So it's like that's something that's in the history books, man. And it's, it's there to stay. And it's a real eye-opener. It changed the world. But what I'm going to say is it's been 18 years and how quickly we've forgotten about how, you know, that how it happened and, you know, what we felt like the day after. And I have a few quotes that's going to summarize that. So um, the first is an online personality, a Twitter guy, Graham Allen, and it states, the best way we could ever honor those lost on 9-11 is to live each day like September 12th. There is no race, gender, or political side in the end, the only thing that matters is each other. Americans first and Americans forever. I thought that was very powerful. That is. I wish every day it felt like September 12th and September 13th and 14th because I don't think we've ever been closer as a country. Right, absolutely. And I have one more here. It's uh, Anonymous who, who wrote this, but uh, it's titled, I Miss 9-11. It says, I would never want another 9-11, but I miss the America of 9-12. Stores ran out of flags to sell because they were being flown everywhere. Peoples were American before they were upper or lower class, Jewish or, Jewish or Christian, Republican or Democrat. We hugged people without caring if they had a Chick-fil-A or even wore Nikes. On 9-11, or I'm sorry, on 
We matter. What mattered more was what what united us than what divided us. So, and that's so true today for me. Is you know we seem to focus on the media and what draws us apart, and you know we need to focus on what draws us all together. And I feel like with our page here and and this podcast, our perspective is is to use the sports platform to bring people together from all walks of life, religions, uh, you know, sexual preferences. I don't really care. We're all in it. We're all sports fans. We can jab each other, you know, but at the end of the day, it's all for a good cause. It gets us stirred up. It gets us thinking creatively. And we're all sports fans, and we, we just need to appreciate each other, man. For if, if we is all the same, what is there really to appreciate? Well, the one thing about sports is no matter what you go through in life, it's always an escape of some sorts. You know, at the end of the day, this stuff is not that important. It, it is what it is. It's fun for us to cheer and root and villainize certain people, but it's not really that important in the grand scheme of things. And I think that time in life that we're reflecting on definitely highlights that. But sports also can be a great equalizer. It can be a healer. And if you watch that video we made and you go back and you look at the things that happened post 9-11, sports was probably, to me, one of the biggest things that helped bring this country together. I mean, it absolutely was. And I was, I'm glad you brought that up because as I was going through that video, we take it to sports. No matter what side of the political fence you were on, when you saw George Bush absolutely. walk out to that mound in Yankee Stadium. There were no boos. And you see people throughout a first pitch. They generally stand several feet in front of the mound. Not this man. Not that day. Not that night. He walked out and he threw a strike from the mound. And everybody stood. They it cheered. It and it was like a refl- it was a reflection of America showing that like you know you've hit us, but you're not going to take us down. No. We're like we're the strongest nation in the country. And he went out there with like proud and chest out and showed them you know this is who we are. We're going to rise up. So the last thing I'll add, I mentioned it on there, and we got to hear some great stories about what you know different uh, different fans that we have, how they experienced nine eleven. And I've told you guys before, probably the greatest sporting event I ever did was going to a football game after 9-11. And, like, yeah, the security was crazy. But, like, dude, they handed out pamphlets of the lyrics for God Bless America. I didn't even know what that song was at the time. And it kind of has become that battle cry. And it's still sung during seventh-inning stretches at baseball games to this day. But it, it was one of those things where I know personally – Going to a sporting event on, I think it was September 23rd, being able to sit there, and it was kind of like a big F you to those who tried to take us down because it didn't take us down. You know, we showed our resolve. And, yeah, we've, we've been a little different, and things have changed. But at the core, we still are who we are. And you're right. we got to stop all the BS. If we could all be like September 12th, this country would be a hell of a lot better. And, man, I wish that would happen so, so very badly. So with that being said, we still have a sports podcast we're going to do. But in remembrance of 9-11, we are going to give an 18-second moment of silence. And then we're going to kick off the show. And we're going to act like everything's just absolutely wonderful. So God bless America. And we remember those who have fallen in the terrible attacks of 9-11. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. And we'll be right back.
Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast, and we are sitting here in the man cave watching. Well, I guess we're not watching, but our plan was to try to watch the Thursday night football game between the juggernaut Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Cam Newton-led Carolina Panthers, and we are in a weather delay. We're expecting Tom uh, of the game to resume in maybe about 15 minutes, and Honestly, I can't really tell the difference between the weather delay and the actual game. Are you guys doing okay in this uh, Michael Irvin-led uh, analysis that we have on mute right now? <laughs> I kind of feel like we're watching Packers-Bears again. It's about the same thing. You know, I mean, the, the whole point of this was for us to do the show during the Thursday football game, and so far we're batting uh, O for a lifetime. I mean, there's a very small band of thunderstorms on the radar, so it's going <laughs> to... Meteorologist Mr. Brown on the call. <laughs> I mean, so it should be over very quickly, and we can get into this uh, shit show of a game. So, like last week, we are going to do our NFL Stone Cold Locks of the Week, which, oh, I can't wait to talk about how well that went in week one. But before we get to that, since the game hasn't started, really, we've only had like four minutes of play. The, the line is Carolina is a seven-point home favorite. So who do you got in this game? I just want to know this game and this game only. So, Biggie, what you got, brother? I got Carolina covering at home. Jameis Winston, he's going to throw another three picks. Bruce Arians going to wonder why in the hell he's not sitting somewhere who's, on a beach. Who's the backup in Tampa? Uh, his name's Chad Wick. Mr. Brown, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had something legitimate brewing there for a second. Ah. What you got, Mr. Brown? Uh, I'm t- also taking the Panthers to cover. Uh, the weather does kind of concern me because it makes it a, a more neutral type game, but uh, I'm sticking with the Panthers. So there's no way the Panthers are covering seven. I think the Panthers are going to win, but it's going to be less than seven. Okay. So I got the Bucks to cover. Is that okay with you? You're looking at me like you're just staring holes in me, Biggie. You don't think that this weather makes it more likely that famous Jameis throws like six picks instead of three? You think, how many two? picks is Cam Newton going to throw? He's not. He's just going to go all offense running. <laughs> He's going to tell McCaffrey. Yeah. That's it. So we, we saw it. Norv's got McCaffrey. They're I not throwing you. it the deep. The finals are going to be 13-7, to seven and I'll cover. It could that's, be a sloppy game. I got you. That's it. I'm, I'm like, still thinking the Carolina's going to cover that. I'm going to be like that crazy chicken water boy. That's a fact. That's what's going to happen. Breaking out a knife next? Maybe. Some ice-cold glacier water. I'm thinking like lightning's a devil. <laughs> Everything's a devil, mama. <laughs> so, so before we get into all the, the wonderful and wacky things that have happened this past week, I, I did want to kind of start with a little tidbit with college football. We only briefly covered it last week, and I, I can honestly tell you I watched quite a bit of college football last week, and unfortunately our squad that we all cheer for respectively, the West Virginia Mountaineers, are not worthy of conversation. So we'll move on. But was there not a better game, not just in college, but maybe all weekend, Texas and LSU, that was phenomenal to me. That had that had a big fight feel as far as I'm concerned. I love like the auxiliary aspects to that game as much as the game itself. Texas would only give LSU like 3,000 tickets, stuck them up in the third deck. You could still hear them Did cheering. you see where their band was? Yeah. They put their band in the upper deck. Tried to turn the AC off or did turn the AC Mr. off. Mr. Brown, I'll take a beer. And Orgeron's talking about balls dripping, sweating, falling on the floor. <laughs> So they, they apparently had issues with their uh, air conditioner in the locker room, but I'm not I'm not sure about all that. But it was back and forth, and you know I think LSU was ranked number six. And here's my thing, and I think uh, somebody even asked us about it on our page was you know should LSU move up or should Texas fall? And to me, 
like I hate the early season polls, but like Texas has got to be a top three or not Texas, but LSU's got to be a top three team based on at least who they've played so far. You go on the road in front of a hundred thousand people and win. That's pretty damn impressive. And what's the quarterback's name? Joe Burrow's transfer from Ohio State. State. My God, did he not look unreal? I I can't tell you the last time LSU's actually had a quarterback that looked like a quarterback. Not since Jamarcus Russell have I seen such Uh, athletic prowess. Don't remind me. I'm sorry, Raiders fan, Mr. Brown. Just throw it deep. We don't care where it lands. Burroughs was throwing it everywhere, though. That guy looked like a stud. He did look amazing. Here's the thing. If you're going to do preseason rankings, then you got to be able to flex in your top ten within the first three or four weeks. You know, typically Alabama and Clemson are one and two. If they're really unimpressive two or three weeks in a row, drop them down. If you're going to rank preseason, it's got to be fluid. I like that LSU moved up a couple spots. I thought they should have went up one more spot. But here's a problem I have with the whole polling system is they all base it off of where everyone was the week before. You got to rewrite that book every week, especially early in the season, because you know what happens if maybe we're wrong. Maybe maybe LSU shouldn't be in the top five just because they beat Texas. Maybe Texas goes three and eight. You don't know how these things work out. Now that's highly unlikely. I'll be honest. Texas is back. Texas is not back. They've they've been kind of wanting to be back for a while, but until they go to the playoff, they're not back. But the the point is the 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 polls. So early. I feel like all it is is for people like us to sit there and talk about. It means nothing. Yeah, it's it's fodder. It fills a page. It's an article. Gives the writer something to talk about. Be honest with you, LSU could be ranked 4th or 14th right now. It doesn't matter. Where they play, running through Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, if they're as good as they looked on Saturday night, at the end of the year, they'll they'll be be setting in the playoffs. They'll be all right. And that's, that's the thing. That's the one thing I will say with the college football playoff and the whole committee, as flawed as that can be at times, at least whenever they get to, to, what is it, week eight or week nine when they start doing that, it's a fresh look at the rankings. They do whatever the hell they want, and they figure it out. And so far, that's worked. Until we get eight teams, I'm not going to be happy. But, you know, for four, it works right now. It's better than what we had with the BS system, and that's what I'm calling that. The, the BCS system. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so other other little real uh, quick tidbits when it comes to college football. Did you watch the Army-Michigan game? I did. I was rooting so hard at the end of regulation for that kick to split the uprights. I, uh, I'm not a Michigan fan to start with, but when you got Army on the road, just like last year, they went at Oklahoma and lost in overtime. Those guys aren't intimidated uh, by Army's anybody. Army's the new Navy, right? Like they have taken over that that gritty, like run, you know, heavy play stiff yeah. defense. Like we're going to ugly up the game and make you suffer type uh, of football. And the fact that they've gone on the road now twice against two legitimately, you know top-level Power 5 schools and push them to the brink. Man, I wish it would just got one of them, preferably the one this past week. And But when they get to, like, third and 15 and overtime and they're having to pass it, you know it's kind of over. I, I just love when I watch that game thinking to myself, all these guys at Michigan went there, they're four or five-star recruits, we're going to play in the NFL. These Army guys know where they're 27, they're going to be stationed, like, in Afghanistan or somewhere in Europe. <laughs> they're like, we're going to come out here and punch you in the mouth right now. This is what men do. I love it. So my question is, is Army like that good or is Michigan that bad? Michigan's that bad. Oh. So you just Another overrated hardball team. So I'm not, like, into the college football scene like you guys are, so I got a question for you. Does Harbaugh make it to the end of the season, or does he finish? Absolutely. Is he going to get fired? No. 
No, they will not fire him. He is a Michigan man. They've been winning 10 games a year. But I will say this. The fans will make him want to leave Michigan (laughs) if he does not beat Ohio State, which he couldn't do in all the years with Urban Meyer, and win the Big Ten. If they finish at number five right out of the playoff this year, there's hope for next year. If they do what they have been and they're sitting at, like, number nine, Michigan faithful. That's a big, big one. Because it's fine to beat up on Illinois and Indiana and Northwestern and Iowa, which they can't even do that half the time. But if they can beat you know, some of those teams, at least you have a respectable record. But let's be honest, if the team up north don't beat the team with the poison nut, then it ain't going to matter. Oh. I mean, I'm wondering if he ain't a better fit for the NFL. That's why I was wondering what the uh, leash was going to be for him. I mean, he did all right with the NFL, and the 49ers ain't quite been the same without him. Now that's uh, for a myriad of reasons, but I think uh, I think Harbaugh's a good coach, but I think he's a little overrated. I'll be honest with you. I think he's uh, he, he's a unique personality. He's definitely an alpha, but he's one of those guys that he's not he's not in the same mold of a Chip Kelly that's known for X's and O's. But not that exactly Chip Kelly's doing great things yeah. out in UCLA right now. Ukla is doing terrible. I will say that Jim Harbaugh, I think, is more of a fit for the college game for one reason. He was really successful in the NFL. In the NFL, you might have the same guy on your team for 8, 10, 12 years as your starting quarterback. Like you guys just said, with Harbaugh's personality, to be able to have a guy with you for maybe three years if he's a top-end talent and then turn him over – you're always going to get that top end talent because you're Michigan. All I'm saying is David Shaw ain't exactly ain't exactly dropped off out in Stanford. They've still been pretty competitive. David Shaw is beast mode. You put him into a program with the recruiting Michigan, USC, Texas. There, if he goes to Texas, Texas is really back. Last question on college football. I know there's probably a million games to talk about that people are probably thinking, but. How intrigued are you by Maryland dropping, you know, 60-plus points two weeks in a row? Maryland's averaging 71 a game through two weeks, and one of those was a conference game against a ranked opponent. and a 21st team that, ranked Syracuse. Yep, a team at Syracuse that isn't just 21st ranked this year, and, oh, look, it's going to be the return to the Orange. They've been building for a couple of years. That was an extremely impressive victory, one I certainly didn't see coming. Hey, anytime somebody beats Syracuse, I'm going to smile. Troy Nunez is not walking through that door. Or Marvin Gross. I hate that guy. Donovan McNabb. Hey, he was okay. He didn't stomp on anybody. I'm all right with him. Rob Conrad. <laughs> all right, I lied. I had one more question. Mac Brown, 2-0 at UNC. They just beat uh, Miami, right? I'm loving the Mac Brown second run at UNC. I liked Mac Brown as a coach at Texas, even though I hated Texas. I kind of liked his, ah, ah, this, that, and the other. They started doing a Longhorn <laughs> Network. All that stuff went to crap. I hope that he is successful in his second run at UNC. What big games do we have coming up this weekend? I didn't even look at the schedule. My team sucks so bad, I ain't even paying attention. It's one of those years where I'm betting West Virginia to – cover on the losing end every week so i don't really know what the big games are i i mean isn't that sad like it's like the third week of college football and we're already thinking about like how else we can spend our saturdays like i normally like tell all my friends you can't have weddings on saturdays during football season this year i don't even care here's the thing i know there's a big game at ames this week you know why i know that i was watching game day Iowa, Iowa state baby this last weekend and there is an elderly couple 
from Oregon who decided they're going to go to every college game day this year. So they found out on the show that they were going to Ames next week. Are those the people that always have the Washington flag? Or that's the Wazoo flag, Washington State. Yeah, that's been there every game day. These are Oregon every fans. Every game day. Yep. How they started. They're older. They apparently have money. They left home after the Oregon Auburn game, and they're traveling the country until college game day is done for the Maybe year. Maybe that's what our profession can be. If we can get a little bit more contribution from the faithful listeners out there, the we dozens. can quit our day jobs and just follow college game day around. That would be nice. We can do that for a living. We could buy an old Winnebago that's like a used version of the Road Rules one from MTV. We'd be all right. Yeah, that's a reference beyond probably most people. I got it. You remember that show? I was just waiting on Biggie because of college football knowledge, but I remember the Road (laughs) Rules. I remember Uh, that. When you went Road Rules, my whole brain just... I mean, that's like 25 years ago. Well, that's what's wrong with the kids today watching the MTV and the whatnot. Back when they played music. (laughs) Back when they played music by Rod Stewart and the Buggles, it was a respectable network. But now it's all the blah, 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 reality, Jersey Shore, Snooky nonsense, and I can't handle it. Let's move on. on My terrible thing. That's bad. bad. (laughs) Good there's the ability to edit. All right, so we'll cut that shit out because that was fucking awful. It might be Sorry, right. Chad. I was trying to set you up for the dozens. The dozens. All right, this next segment is going to be very simple. I am asking Canadian Biggie and Mr. Brown simply, are you in or are you out? So all you got to tell me is how you feel about this random topic and we'll throw at you. And you guys have no idea what I'm going to ask you, do you? I'm ready, though. All right, so we get the wonderful, glorious nature of live TV, and you guys are going to have to trust that I'm not editing their terrible, horrible responses. But we're going to start with baseball. Very, very simple. Christian Yelich, what do you have, a shattered kneecap? Is that is that the diagnosis? Yeah, for the year. I mean, you played baseball for a long time, right? Yeah, a little bit. Did you ever foul a ball off your kneecap? I did, but I never shattered it. <laughs> <laughs> Just never. You did it, but you took it like a man. No, I just didn't shatter it. That's insane. So, Christian Yelich, is he still in the MVP race? Are you in or are you out? Out. I'm definitely in. I'm not saying to win it, but uh, he's definitely between him and Bellinger, man. I, I think so, so at least top three? Absolutely. Yelich is number two at worst. So you're just completely out. That was that's what you. Said. I didn't have him for MVP before he did the oh, you're, you're, you're out of your control. Why not? I'd go Acuna before no. I would go. Oh no, man, best player on the best team. Quit trying to kiss Mr. Brown's buttocks. I can't. Acuna's three right now, and he's slumping. Acuna's a great player, but he's not MVP this year. I'm sorry. How's he going to go 40 40, though, and be third? He <laughs> might convince me. Well, <laughs> Acuna, Acuna, Acuna went. <laughs> He went Ricky Henderson tonight. No, still no, second, no, no. still third. No, I, hey, I'm just saying when your guy steals two bases tonight and the guy hits a home run and those yeah, stolen bases don't, count, don't right? even matter. They don't count. Take them off the stat sheet. Yellow is at minimum second no matter what happens. Period. That's an interesting take. I like that. I, I think he'll probably drop the third. But I, I like second. what you're saying. He's second. Bellinger, Yelich, and then? Acuna. Acuna. Over Freeman? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because he's flashy. He Acuna, is a little Acuna flashy. just does his – Freeman just does his thing. But uh, it's it's Bellinger to win the MVP now. 
Odell Beckham decided to wear a $250,000 watch during the Browns' week one game against your Tennessee Titans. So, Odell Beckham rocking the $250,000 watch. Are you in or are you out? I'm totally out, and here's why. Did a little checking on this, listened to some people, read some stuff. Bill Gates is the richest man in the world, right? <laughs> He wears a Timex that costs less than 100 bucks. Get out of here, Odell. Have you ever seen what Bill Gates wears, though? Like, that dude, he don't know what that stuff is. That's not his style. I'm in. Because, I mean, here's my deal. If he wants to be, go full Latrell Sprewell and be broke and can't feed his family on millions of dollars, that's on him, man. So, guess what? Wear that watch, get it broke, and you can go to hell, Odell. <laughs> He'll be like T.O. on Dr. Phil <laughs> yeah. with his seven baby mamas. So screw Odell. You got to win a game first. But if you want to wear the watch, wear the damn watch. So, I'm definitely out as well. Here's my thing. You are making a conscious effort to wear that watch during a game. It's not like you accidentally left it on. You wanted to do it. And, and you know what? If you want to say, well, this watch costs more than your whole house. That's fine. Be that dick. This watch costs more than your whole car. I don't care. Oh, I broke this watch because it shattered off the helmet. Let me get some money out of the ashtray of my car. Like, I'm sorry. That's stupid. You're clearly not in it for the wins. You're in it for the flash, and that's it. I'm out. For the record, I'm in, though. You heard that, right? You are in. Because you love some Odell. I know you no, do. I don't love Odell, but my point is, screw it. Let him freaking... He can do what Ruin he wants. all that money. You it's can bleep me. Life. You can bleep I ain't going to tell him how you, to live it. You can bleep me like Biggie. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> as far as the watch goes, he's not the first guy to endorse it, but part of the watch wearing during the football game is to show that it's indestructible. They had a Formula oh, One driver who did it, uh, like Nadal did it, and they had <laughs> a golfer. It. It's, it's supposed to be unbreakable, blah, blah, What's blah. What's the brand of this watch? Let him waste the money. Yeah. It, it just, point. it's so far out there. You alienate your fan base when you wear a. Two three hundred thousand dollar watch in the game, especially. Yeah, if I wear a two hundred fifty thousand dollar watch, it better do my taxes for me too. This is ridiculous. Absolutely. Go frost those damn tips again. Get out of here. Catch a ball. Reach did around. You, did you say frost those tips with a P or something else? Tips. <laughs> okay. Better give me reach around. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Are you in or are you out? On Gronk telling everyone he had twenty concussions during his NFL career. Uh, I don't have much to add to this. I'm going to say uh, I'm out because drunk is probably drunk half the time. So I don't know. He probably don't even know what the number is. I think he's drinking more Red Bull than alcohol at this point. So, I mean, it, it might be the uh, the marijuana. I'm not going to debate the number. He had them. I don't know how many there were. I will say this. What Gronk said was I saw anyhow was 20 concussions throughout his football playing career. That's what I said. That yeah. I will believe because he's an absolute meathead and he is proud of it. I could see him going spearing straight into a guy in ninth grade just for the hell of it. I can't say if I'm in or out. I, I'm going to lean toward out just because I think it's hard to count if you've had 20 concussions. Like if you've had that many, can you really say that you know how many? Gronk, don't tell no lies. Had? I'm and, in. I mean, this is the same dude that had blood drained out of his system after the Super Bowl because of internal bleeding. I know he plays hard, but... How do you know that you had 20 concussions? Concussions are supposed to mess with you. How are you keeping track with that? I don't know. Ask Antonio Brown. His brain's all messed up. Uh, we'll get to Antonio Brown later. Everybody knows that's a shit show. Everybody see the missing hubcap? <laughs> What's the missing hubcap? It's went by. Oh, it's a 90s song. Noise, yeah. The meth house is in business, fellas. Uh, one headlight. It's one hubcap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is three to nothing. 
with the Buccaneers over the Panthers, the weather delay has ended, and we are in a shootout right now. So hopefully it's better than last week's. So it's so exciting. Know. I missed the field goal. <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> Who's winning? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's Tampa. You didn't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. So you're looking good. All right. In or out? USA basketball needs to stop doing international competition. Out. They should continue to do it. You know why they should continue to do it? There's guys out there who are proud to play for their country. This team. Not not in the USA. <laughs> this team didn't come together quite as well as you had hoped. I think what it exposed is that Greg Popovich is overrated as a coach because he had some of the better players in the <laughs> NBA. And he Popovich. couldn't even get through the FIBA. <laughs> I'm a Phil Jackson guy. Come on. I thought I think I read it wrong. How you worded the question? Can you say it again? I said uh, in or, in or out, the USA should stop doing international basketball competition. I am out, and I'm gonna tell you why. I don't feel like NBA players should still do it because they're all in it for all the wrong reasons. It's it's a change from the dream team and from those few other teams that wanted after MJ and all those guys. Right. I feel like we should just throw the best collegiate players out there and they let them probably play. do better. No, I mean, and even if we're not first place, it's a, it's going to be a valiant effort. So, so let's just do that. So you want to see, like, the Europeans take their NBA players out too? No, let them play. Right. Why do they play with so much pride and our guys don't? That's not my problem, and it's not their problem. I can't help it they got more uh, – you know, post nine eleven. If it was know. September twelfth, our guys would be exactly. There. So that's not their problem because we're not uh, patriotic. I'd rather have like all the old retired players show up and try to play. I mean, that's fine, but mix in a Leitner there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't I, say Leitner. <laughs> I was that wasn't exactly <laughs> what I was implying. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I, a Kobe. Yeah, not a Leitner. I'm just saying, mix in a college guy, premier college guy. Oh, I got you. Thank you. Not, not 2019 yeah. Christian Lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay with me, cuz. I will say, I think yeah. part of some of these guys shying away is they saw what happened to Paul George a few years ago. And, uh, what could happen in a pickup game? I'm just saying, when you look at your contract and you're guaranteed money, guys shy away from that, especially the younger players that could do it. I think we would have a better shot, like you just said, if you had like a Kobe or like mix mix of veterans of some retired NBA players with some college all-stars, I, they'd have a better team. You do like the Silver League of the Y that's all the over 50 guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like Joe Johnson just cashed in on a big three championship. Now he's signing a contract. Six man of the year this year. I'm They're dropping you. Michael Beasley in, in New Jersey because of freaking Joe Johnson in a big three. Throw him in the Olympics. <laughs> Who runs a big three? I don't care, but that's cube. That's dedication. Thank you. Uh, today was a no good day. shade, Jackson. God, that's sincerity, man. He's playing. All right, are you in or are you out? Are you buying the fact that at least maybe ten Miami Dolphins asked for their release this week? Mm. I'm in because everybody now that gets paid gets embarrassed when they don't play hard. I got to say this. I don't know who in the world is going to trade for a quarterback who runs away from an open receiver. Lamar Jackson kind of just throws it in hopes. I don't care what his numbers were on Sunday. <laughs> who would want any of these guys? Is the there another team bad. in the league trying to tank for Tua as hard as the Dolphins? Is that what is it? Is that hashtag tank for Tua? Is hashtag tank for Tua. The way they're going, it's going to be tank for Trevor because they're going to lose a game for, game for the next two years. Maybe we'll put that on the page. Is it hashtag tank for Tua yeah. or tank for uh, Trevor? Trevor. Who is the guy? I, I'm in as well. I mean, the fact is it's because they're a bunch of pansies. But guess what? If you don't like it, play harder. Okay, Gina? I mean, they're terrible. 
They're terrible. Are the Dolphins going to win a game this year? <clears throat> They'll win a game. Before the season started, I thought the Dolphins would be 2-14 and 14 at the best. That would be their best record. I'm wondering now if they're 0-12 and they get a lucky win somewhere. You said that you say that now, but we all picked the Dolphins last week. I won't get to that. Whoa, 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 whoa. I picked the Dolphins to cover, and by the way. It doesn't matter. We all lost. Listen to me. Vegas lost more money on that cover by the Ravens than any other game. So I was not out in left field. Oh, it doesn't matter. We all still suck, and we'll get to that point and tell everybody how bad we suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. Just think about this. The Dolphins could be the only franchise to ever have a complete perfect season. And also an imperfect season. Huh? Ah, yeah, there ah. you go. I'm calling it now. 0-16, baby. Nah, they're going to be a Buffalo one. <laughs> Buffalo, is that bad? Yeah, one game. All right, how about uh, ESPN on Monday Night Football, if you watched, did you notice that they changed their first down marker? I'm sitting there watching the games. I'm thinking there's a penalty on every flag. And then apparently they changed it at halftime. Are you in or out on ESPN's ability to change the down and distance uh, signature on the bottom line during the game? I am in because it was absolutely horrible watching the game, trying so to figure out too? if it was a flag. It's like when the Steelers are playing and everything's yellow for them. You don't know if they're a flag or if it's third and nine. I am in on them changing it. I'm just wondering how you feel about them changing it because there was so much backlash on social media well, during the game I'll changing I'll give them it. props for being able to be resilient and go with the punches and change it the way they did. Here's the thing. It's not that it was just yellow. It's that every time the down changed, it would, like, flash a certain way. So I was always looking, like, where's the flag? Where's the flag? Because, like, why would you make that yellow? I don't get that. I understand it if it's the Steelers and it's their caller and you have to do that. But – they need to fire that stupid intern who made that decision. That was terrible. Uh, I'm neither in or out because I was so focused on Raiders getting first downs, I didn't even realize. They had it. a fix by the Raiders game. Oh, then that's that why was I didn't the late game. So they had a fix by then. If you want to watch that barn burner earlier, which was probably the best game no. of the entire weekend, I didn't have to watch it because I kept getting updates on my phone how bad, how good my receiver was doing. <laughs> ah, well, you're welcome for that, I guess. But it, it's it's fine. Obviously, it's shit if you're saying they fixed it between the doubleheader. Did you not even see it? No. Oh, it was terrible. It was a You see right now when we're Well, it's a kickoff. We're watching this terrible. It's tied at three. We didn't even see the Panthers score. Is it still, uh, what's his name? Gano or whatever? Graham Gano. Hey, easy on Graham Gano. But if you're watching this game right now, that little space on the right where there's supposed to be a down and distance, imagine if it was just in gold. You'd be thinking there was a flag. All right. Are you in or are you out on the Texas Longhorns locker room for the LSU Tigers on the road being broken? You good? I'm good. I am out. It was not broken. It was intentionally turned off. Did you see where they went on social media today? They're like, see, it works fine. Mm -hmm. They had a temperature gun in there like showing everybody. It's it's normal. It's seventy two degrees in our locker room. All I gotta say is for another team from the south to complain about being hot, I kind of feel like some rogue facility maintenance guy decided he was gonna turn it off because he wanted the Longhorns to win because Texas is back and he thought it'd give him an advantage. I mean, what's worse, that or like the Iowa Hawkeyes in their pink locker room? Dude, that's awesome. 
So There's nothing wrong with that. Because that's not affecting your, you know, moisture. Yeah. <laughs> your your, your <laughs> hydration. moist. Oh, sorry. Oh, wrong moist. moisture. Moist. Yeah. Oh, I got to so say, say, say that word again because female listeners don't like that word. That made him moist. <laughs> <laughs> now can you say it in Ed Orgeron's voice? No, I'm not moist. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, a couple non-sports questions for you. So, did you see the newest edition of Monopoly? It's all about equal rights. So now, if you play Monopoly, if you are a female and you pass go, you get two hundred and forty dollars. But the three of us will only get two hundred dollars. Are you in or out? <laughs> I'm. I'm <laughs> out. Be real. It's real. No, I'm it's out. real. I didn't know it until today. My kid told me. He's like, Dad. Did you know this about Monopoly? I said, man, what are you reading on the internet? I asked uh, Alexa, and she told me. <laughs> and I said, wow. what? And I asked Alexa again to make sure, because Monopoly is the ultimate well, game of domination. If it's not true. No, I, I had asked twice, <laughs> and then I looked it up on my phone. I couldn't believe it. So, so are you in or out? <laughs> so you're telling me we get a $40 interest fee for being a female. Yeah, the females get two hundred forty dollars. It's interest rate for forty dollars for being female. Yeah, they get they get more money for passing go now. But forty bucks interest for it, being it, female. Whatever you want to call it, they get forty more dollars for passing go. This is out of control. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. Just just tell me your spill. This is, this <laughs> I'm is garbage. I'm no spill. I just wanted to hear y'all's reaction. That's out of control. They're selling. We this. want equal rights. They give me forty dollars. <laughs> I couldn't help but mention that. I'm you sorry. can't make this shit up. No, that's the world we live in. Welcome to 2019. I guess we're misogynists for not giving ah. people 30 more dollars. On, a, on the last note, um, South Park renewed for a 24th season. Do you care about that at all? 24 seasons of South Park? Not for a second. <laughs> You're out. I'm out. Screw you guys. I'm in. Right. Screw you guys. Tell I'm us getting why. home. Tell us why. South Park is the greatest show on TV today. That's why. No, 24 years. I'm sure they'll have an episode about your Monopoly game you hate. Oh. That's right. I'm going to identify as a woman this weekend for Monopoly. <laughs> well, just because you identify as one doesn't mean you get to pass go or collect $240. So you're out, brother. Sorry about your damn luck. <laughs> So before we get into this week's top story into our NFL lead pipe locks of the week, Jordan Herman from our Facebook page decided to send us a message. We just asked, give us one good question for the show tonight. And his question was, how did Sam Darnold get mono? Biggie, how did Sam Darnold get mono? He didn't wash his hands consistently. And then if you go online, you can find a picture of his lady friend. And uh, I have a feeling that they only see each other during the dark, other than when they take pictures. I'll take it a step further. She looks like Fiona. From Shrek? Yeah. So his his girl is Shreky. She might sound like Cameron Diaz, but she does not look like Cameron Diaz. So she's Shreky. She absolutely gave him that mo- mono. Mono. <laughs> mono? <laughs> mono. That's what you call it when you get it from the swamp yeah, or the ogres. That's like a whole other like <laughs> disease. <laughs> Question for you two: Of all of our years watching sports at a professional level or even college, can you ever once remember a football, basketball, 
hockey, what a player being sat down for a couple weeks for mono. I don't know any grown ass man that's ever had mono. I mean, it, the tender force is with everyone now, so you got to remember that. <laughs> the tender force. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Who's the grandmaster of that? Yeah, I don't know about the athletes, but I know Same several person. people I know. Same person to decide yeah. to tour. I don't even know. They're like, like uh, Mr. Brown, why does it burn when I pee? Oh, my God. That's, that's, that's why he's got mono. Tell him to swipe left or right. Yeah, exactly. Which one's the, which one's the I don't, I don't know which one it is because I'm not hip to that, but. There's a lot of swiping going on. That's why he's got mono. <laughs> it's because she wipes from the back to the front. She <laughs> Wipe, wipes or swipes? Yeah, he said wipe. <laughs> wipes or swipes? Oh, front to back. Yeah. It should be front to back, not back to front. <laughs> that's why he's got mono. Uh, I don't think that's how you get mono. So, he got the ass juice in the mouth. <laughs> I'll ask Alexa. She told me about the hop We'll figure it out. Oh, my God. It's off the rails. Oh, Keep going. We need to... We, we, we got to end Jordan Herman's assignment as a fan. He cannot... He can no longer follow our page. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Wow. Well, in the world of NFL with this wonderful uh, Thursday night game that's not really transpiring to anything incredible, the one thing that never fails, no matter what, is we get to talk about A.B., a.k.a. Mr. Big Chest, a.k.a. Antonio Brown, a.k.a. Batshit Crazy, who got signed by the Patriots and now is being accused of sexual assault slash rape. Biggie, as our resident Patriots fan, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to skip over you, Mr. Brown, but I want to put Biggie on the stand. We both got skin in the game. Let's see what he has to say. It's a civil suit, not That's a criminal the wrong answer, one. Bilicek, you should say. I have no comment. Accountability to ourselves and the organization. That's what matters. We're going to take it one day at a time. Yeah, Here's what I say. You're the Patriots. You do just what you have. You let the league investigate and see what they come up with because I would never, ever want to be thought of as a person who says, oh, she's just in it for the money or anything like that because fathers love your children. But when you look at it peripherally, there just seems like there's a little there. And if it were going to go to a criminal case right away, I would be petitioning myself for the Patriots to just go ahead and cut him because I think he's kind of a nut job. I love how talented he is on the field, but there comes a point when even your talent doesn't win back in every league except for the NFL because Michael Vicks came back. Adrian Peterson is still playing. The NFL is the league where talent wins regardless of what else happens. Especially if you're the Patriots where you know you've had known murderers be on your team before. Well, Belichick doesn't have a heart. He's like a 10 man. All he does is win games. Mm-hmm. I will not argue that. I'll say this. I'm not going to argue whether the guy was guilty or innocent. How would we know? We don't know. We don't know. I'm going to give you a perspective from a Raiders fan. And my, and, and my perspective on that is, yeah, we gave up a third and a fifth round pick. But guess what? I'm excited. You want to know. I'm excited. <laughs> we want to know. We got rid of the freaking clown. 
We gave up two draft picks. We didn't pay the guy a dime. And I feel like even though we gave up two draft picks, we're coming out ahead because he's that big of a damn head case where he's not worth it. He galvanized the Raiders. Is that what you're saying? It's just not worth it, man. We came out ahead. I, I, I'm so glad our ownership cut the cord when they did because if we had gave up three and a five plus money, yes. But we gave up two draft picks because we gambled, which is fine, and we lost. But the fact we didn't pay him any money, great. So, did the Patriots know anything about this whole situation before they signed him, in your in your opinion? The news I, says they don't. I don't think they did because the Patriots being the Patriots, we're going to jump on any shiny toy. It doesn't matter, right? It's we're about gonna, winning. We're going to recycle it, Moss 2.0, and show everybody <laughs> because we're just that well-oiled machine. And that's what they did. They, did. they didn't do their homework. They're like, oh, look at this guy. We don't have to do our homework. Other than colluding, of course, but that's another story for another day. But they didn't—they didn't care about all the other nonsense. They just wanted a shiny toy for uh, Noodle Arm Brady to throw to. <laughs> Noodle Arm, your rebuttal? The hell are you talking about? He's always a better guy's half his age. Yeah. Oh, come on now. I don't think that the Patriots knew. I almost would guarantee you that they did not. That is the one question that, as a Patriots fan, I would like to know is, did they know? Did they do an investigation or any homework on their own on what the possibility of it was? Because I personally am not concerned whether it's my team or another team with accusations in a civil court when you've asked a person for money before because, like it or not, Antonio Brown's, Probably not a good human being, but he's good at football. <laughs> wow. But a lot of times pro athletes get taken even by their closest friends and family. That's the one question that I would have is, did you know before you did it? That's the only thing that I care about. As far as everything else, like Belichick said, the same things that are being said right now about bringing Antonio Brown in, bringing Josh Gordon, that's what they said when we brought in Randy Moss. I so, think it's a big difference. No, once you get inside that locker room, it's different. You uh, just listen to Teddy talk. All-time great Patriot. Teddy, we're going to go to Brewski now. For no, we're not. No, when you get inside the locker room, you either fall in Mr. line Brown, or you're not there clarity. very long. Don't interrupt me. I need some clarity. Mr. Brown, help me out. I mean, there's clear blinders <laughs> going on right now with Canadian bigs. I guess my point is, and, and I'm, not, I'm not digging at his uh, – Fandom as a as a Patriots fan, no, you gotta respect that. I know he was a Patriots fan before the Tuck Rule for life, so I can't dig him there. However, I feel like the Patriots are the the other than the Golden State Warriors are the biggest fandom that popped out of the woodworks after the fact, and we're like, oh, we're Patriots fans. And I'm not gonna mention any names, which I really want to mention on here, <laughs> okay? But like, you couldn't tell me. Who was, who was playing before Brady did his thing. So you've got Spygate, you've got Deflategate, you've got Whoregate, you've got... Uh, Is that what it's called? You've got, trainer, you've got Trainergate, you've got Hangingate. I don't know what you call it, Aaron Hernandez. But guess what? There's, there's all these freaking conspiracies and all these crimes, and everyone never everyone's fine with it because it's the Patriots. But guess what? The rest of the NFL... You, you can put the Patriots on an island by themselves, and they have more scandals than any team in the whole NFL combined, and no one cares about that because they win games. Here was my problem. I was talking to Canadian Biggie about this earlier. Was 
when they're asking Brady and specifically Belichick about this exact thing earlier today, they don't want to answer any questions. They don't want to say. You know what I mean? Like No, but like, I got what you're saying. But why do the fans completely ignore all the facts? Well, if they're Patriots fans, that's what they do. And just, just, just. Throw it out the window. I'll say this. I'm a Bengals fan. If the Bengals were in a position to win a Super Bowl and they had somebody that killed the president, I would look the other way right now. That's what they've done for the last 20 years. Well, that's what that's the culture. You've developed that it's culture. Like, it's like the departed on the field right huh. now. And when's Mark Wahlberg going to show up, damn it? And, and they did, end all this. Like, in, in my line of business, there's a big thing about turning a blind eye. And they've <laughs> done it for two decades. And it's okay. Hey. You're only guilty if you get caught. But then when you get caught, you just got to know how to get out of it. But you got all these, like, good Christian men. Like, I'm a Patriots fan. No, you're not. Let's not make it religious. I'm just saying. It's like football. Not. This is all coming from a Tuck Rule Raiders fan. I'm and not too concerned. There is a lot of pain there. I, yeah. I, will, I will vouch for Mr. I, I'm, I didn't even mention the Tuck Rule. I'm talking about everything that happened after You don't the fact. have to. That was the precipice that started it all. When it's the Patriots, it gets blown out of proportion. My thing is, though, if is you're Belichick Patriots. and you're at a press conference and somebody asks you, did you know about Antonio Brown's allegations before you signed him? And, and uh, uh, we're, we're on to Cincinnati. Or, or, or on no, the, but like on the, on the But see, I'm good with that because his accountability isn't to me or you or some beat yes, reporter. His accountability is to the organization that employs him, signs his checks. And guess what? We keep sweeping it under the rug, but it's not like it's conspiracy theories. He has lost draft picks. He has lost money. $500,000, the most ever to be fined to anybody in NFL history. Witch hunt. But we're going to keep freaking denying the facts. It is what it is. It ain't a witch hunt when there's witches involved. Then why didn't the Minnesota Vikings or the Chargers lose picks for altering the pressure in footballs in the same season? I have no idea what you're talking about. That's what I thought. It never happened. Your boy is crooked. Let's be honest. There's nothing deflated about Philip Rivers, okay? He's got like eight kids. Yeah, obviously. He might as well be the Asian jackhammer with that reproduction rate. Philip Rivers will have a full starting offensive <laughs> unit by the time he retires. Oh, hell, he ain't waiting on retirement. He's got he's working on special teams when he retires. I mean, we got to move on for me because y'all mentioned a Tucker, which I wasn't going to bring up. I'm sorry. And now you got the freaking – A-B nonsense. That's just – screw the Patriots. I mean, everyone wants to be blind about it. Let's just move on because they're not going to realize it, so why should we? Let's just pretend like none of it happened. Okay, then we'll pretend like the Aaron Hernandez stuff never happened because how is a guy doing something outside of the football team related to the football team? Uh, Like, you can put this together. No, you can put this together and you can say blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. Did the Patriots get out of provide, here. How did, how did Aaron Hernandez being a gangbanger help him win or lose games did on the, the field? It didn't. A safe house for Aaron Hernandez. I love oh, they the did fact not. he brings up Aaron Hernandez. No, they did not. No, and did admit, not. don't mention anything else. I could care less about Aaron Hernandez because he wasn't relevant. But all the other stuff matters, and we're going to just disregard that. I'm just saying, if you think that Bob Kraft did not provide a safe house for Aaron Hernandez, then you are not paying attention. That shows the levels they stoop to. Open your eyes, Chad. The only oh, safe house oh, that Bobby Kraft has going on has a bunch of Chinese women in it. <laughs> Strip malls for everybody. Oh, let's all go to Florida. Yeah. Over or under A B, does he play ten games for the Patriots? Under. 
I'm under. Over Super Bowl MVP. Oh, we're going to end it on that. Biggie ruined the podcast. Yep. If you care anymore, stay tuned. The next segment, we'll get you our Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks. Yeah, we're doing picks. It's the fourth quarter of the Panthers-Buccaneers games at 17-12, to 12, and this has been pretty terrible. We've had a weather delay and all that kind of nonsense, but... We did so good with week one, Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks. I thought we'd bring it back for version 2.0. So, are you guys ready to tell me how much money you're going to win this week? I'm ready to tell you how much money I anticipate winning. I just don't know what the payout will be quite yet. I think I went 8-8 eight and eight last week, Mr. Brown. I think you actually went 9-7. and seven. Is that? Did you even pay attention, or were you just that disgusting? Ah, I thought it was the same as you, but I'll take a game ahead. All right, I'll go ahead and put you down to my level. We nine, both went eight and eight. Nine and seven. Biggie went eleven and five. So you are the leader of the clubhouse. We will see how things shake out after this week. Hopefully, we can catch you. But we are picking against the spread, not outright winners. So we're going to start with tonight's game. Actually, we're not. We already covered that. We're skipping to the next game. Arizona on the road at Baltimore. Baltimore is a 13-point favorite. Big lead us off. Who you got? Uh, I'm taking Arizona with the points. I do think Baltimore wins the game. Last week was a little abstract because the Dolphins are one of the worst teams in history. Baltimore wins. Arizona covers. Mr. Brown, who you got? I have Baltimore all the way. So Baltimore is going to cover that 13. <laughs> we shit on Lamar Jackson last week, all we three of us. We got burned. So, I, I'm taking Lamar and the spread, and I think he's going to cover. I mean, we owe him at least that. I will also take Baltimore to cover. I don't think Arizona's that good. I think we played a bad Which we'll cover here in a minute. Bills on the road at the New York Giants. They are a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against the Giants. Who do you got, Biggs? Bills to cover. Bills to cover one of that, Mr. Brown. Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia is where it's at. I also agree. We all protect Bills Mafia. Can I just say one thing was we're talking about the Bills? I don't know if it was Bills Dad or which member of the Bills Mafia it was, but somebody threw down four grand with the Bills at 101 odds to win the Super Bowl four hundred thousand dollar payout. That's a nice futures bet. I don't know how diehard you are, what money you have to blow it on. If you got money burning uh, or laying around, there's nothing wrong with it. All right, moving on. We got more games to cover. Cowboys on the road at the Redskins. Cowboys are five and a half point favorites. Who you got? Cowboys for the cover. I got them for four points. So I'm going to go Cowboys at the five and a half. The Cowboys are going to cover the bottom? Uh, absolutely. All right. I also agree the Cowboys will cover. So that's universal possibility. Kind of like how we universally pick the Dolphins to cover against the Ravens, and that didn't happen last week. Right. But we'll go with it. Oh. All right. So moving on, we got the Colts on the road to the Titans. I can't make heads and tails out of this game. I know this is going to be a split decision. The Titans are a three-point favorite. Who do you got? I got the Colts on the road with the points. Not that I am uh, completely sold on the Colts, but I am not into Tennessee. Frank Wright, let's go, baby. And I'm guessing that you and I both have the Titans together. Uh, I got the Titans. I picked up A.G. Brown. 
AJ Brown this week, and uh, I think it's going to be Titans all the way, baby. I'm with you. I'm begging the Titans to cover that three points. Yags on the road to the Texans. Big spread. The Texans are a nine and a half point favorite. Who do you have? I'm going to go with the next version of Kurt Warner, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm going to take the points. Houston wins the game, but they don't cover. You're taking the Jaguars to cover? For the cover, I'm taking the Jags. I like the points. You go Warner, you win. I got Houston. I actually got the bet locked in at like eight points or seven and a half, but uh, I'm taking them at the current rate as well. I'm going uh, Houston, Texas. You got in early. Huh? I did, absolutely. Uh, I'm with you. I ain't even discussing. Texans are going to win that one easy. The Chargers on the road at the Detroit Lions. The Chargers are a two and a half point favorite on the road. Good. Take the Lions with the points at home. It's an early start. Eastern time at 10 o'clock out in LA. And, uh, Matic Kia, he's going to wear the clown shirt on the sideline. Nice. So are you picking the, the Lions to win this game? I'm taking the Lions with the points on Sunday. Woo! What do you got, Mr. Brown? Chargers all day. Go Chargers, I'm with you. They're going to cover that easily. They'll win by this game. Vikings on the road at the Packers. The Packers are a three-point favorite. Vikings. Plus the points on the road. Of course you picked the Vikings. Your NFC North 2019 Division Champion, Minnesota Vikings. Who you got, Mr. Brown? (laughs) After last week, you know, I'm actually taking the Vikings. I'm with you. I'm riding that. I think it's a clean sweep. We're all taking the Vikings to cover. Here's my favorite pick of the week. The Patriots on the road at your Miami Dolphins. Who are currently an 18 and a half point underdog. That line has fluctuated nicely this week. It could go up to 24 and a half. Wouldn't matter. Patriots in the cover. How, what are you, predicting me a final score. Final score? Yeah, that's what I said. Not I had to ask again because I'm trying to. We're all drinking. Just answer the question. I ran out I got of one. fingers and toes. I'll give you uh, 45 to 13. 45 to 13. I'm going 55-13 Patriots. Oh, it's even more impressive. Thank you for the quickest job. I'm going with some arbitrary number against an arbitrary number, but either way, I think we're all picking the Patriots together. Weakest response of the night. Even A.B. can't take down the juggler knot that is is the cheating machine of the Patriots. Did you call him a juggler knot? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I see B. The Juggler not 49ers on the road against the Bengals. Those are two-point favorites. Who do you got? This is almost a pick. I think uh, Zach Morris gets his first win as head coach the Bengals. The power of porn. <laughs> we said that last week. 49ers. Did they win last week? They did. They get some bucks. Absolutely, and it's 2-0, and baby. Also taking my advantage of the coverage just because West Coast teams on the East Coast time going up to the East Coast. Power four. Jimmy G, baby. Who was the chick? I can't remember her name. I don't remember. We don't want Google searches. Seahawks on the road at the Steelers. The Steelers are four and a half points, baby. Give me the Seahawks and the points. Uh, I'm also going Seahawks. 
Hey, I'm gonna say this. I was a Steelers fan for a day, man, and don't let me down. One day, and that's what you did. You made me hate you forever. Moving on to Chiefs on the road at the Raiders. The Chiefs are a seven and a half point favorite. I got the Chiefs to cover. What say you, baby? Chiefs, and they cover. Brown. As a Raiders fan, I love the new young defense. Uh, Abram's out for the year now, so unfortunately, I'm going to go Chiefs. You're not even a real fan. I am. I'm just a realist. That was terrible. The Bears on the road at the Broncos, and that snooze fan. Did you say who you had? Oh, yeah. I called it out before oh, I did. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The champ. The champ. Uh, sorry. The Bears and Broncos. The Bears are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm taking the Bears. Give me the Broncos with the points. For whatever reason, they do not lose at home in September, no matter you how bad their team is. Oh, safety. Safety. Oh, we got a safety. Oh. He's elite. Oh. The Bucks are winning, too. What yeah. just happened? Let's see this. It seems quick. like chaos. Well, we're waiting on the chaos to kind of get sorted out here. Did you also have the Bears winning? Absolutely. You saw how bad the Raiders made the, the, the Broncos defense look. This is the this is the Bears, man. They're going to come in and destroy Joe Flacco, Philip Lindsay, and any like sorry ass weapon the Broncos have. It's right. going to be bad. That works for me. All right, Saints on the road to the Rams. The Rams are a two and a half point favorite. What do you got? Give me the Saints on the road. Ooh, that's interesting. I'm taking the Rams to cover. What do you got? I'm going to go with the uh, Rams as well. Sorry, baby. Uh, two more games left. Sunday night, I believe, is the Eagles on the road at the Falcons. The Eagles are a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Give me the Eagles to cover on the road. I'm going to double down on the Falcons. I'm also with you on the Falcons. The Eagles are not covered on the road. So, Big, you, uh, you know, we're kind of divided on here, and I feel like I'm following Mr. Brown a little bit. Maybe we can mix it up on this last one. On Monday night, bum, 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 bum. We got the Browns on the road of the Jets. The Browns are a six and a half point favorite. What do you got? Baker Mayfield woke up feeling dangerous, and Sam Darnold woke up with a model. I'll take the Browns <laughs> to cover. All right, Mr. Brown, what do you got? Absolutely. You got the mono. I'm going Baker all day. You don't believe in well, who's the quarterback for the Jets? Nobody Trevor knows. Trevor Simeon? Right. Patrick, is he still there? No, yeah. it's Trevor Simeon. No. You remember that guy? Magic is down a Google Trevor Simeon. He is a quarterback. I promise. It's, it's the Browns. They're going to bounce back. All right, so we did a terrible job last week, except for Canadian BB with our week one picks. Let's see if we bounce back. Right now, Mr. Brown and I are sitting at 500, but Big Joe is a winning record, so we got some running in That has been the week two NFL Lead Pipe Stone Cold Locks. Time for the last segment. It is Friday the 13th, so for all you superstitious freaks out there, we're going to cover some of the best superstitions in all of sports. And some of these I haven't even heard of, so you're going to have to bear with me, especially you hockey fans, because we're going to start off, since it's Friday the 13th, number 13, the Red Wings and the Octopus Toss. So during a playoff game in 1952, a Red Wings fan threw an octopus carcass 
Is that a thing? Yeah. Onto the ice. Each of his eight legs representing one of the games uh, needed to win the Stanley Cup in that era. Several weeks later, the Detroit Red Wings won the Stanley Cup, and Detroit's seafood industry was never the same. I love hockey hooligans. You I don't throw an octopi. No, I just throw a hat when they score three goals. Oh, you're so cliche, it's not even funny. Where do you buy a whole octopus at? Where can you get that? Can I get that at the end of me? I'd say at the farmer's market. The farmer's market? No, absolutely. I don't think the West Virginia farmer's yeah. market has octopus. You go up to Capital Market, I'm sure they got Capital octopi. Capital Market, right next to Grid's Farm, huh? Right next to the Immaculate Fish Sandwich. I gotta admit, there's something intriguing about throwing an octopi on ice. That could have Phil. It's nice. So number 12, Les Miles. What's the nickname for Les Miles, baby? The Mad Hatter, is that the it? Mad Hatter. So, Les Miles Greens. Former LSU, now Kansas head football coach, Leslie Miles. He eats the grass at the stadium before each home game. Do they have real turf at Kansas? Kind of wonder why he went there because I'm pretty sure it's the fake stuff with the rubber pellets. So is he eating the rubber pellets? I bet he is. Or does he stop by in the parking lot and pick up like some grass? I don't know what kind of grass he's getting from that parking lot. Ah, that's a ridiculous thing. Les Mouse sucks. Sorry, he's at Kansas. You guys just lost to Coastal Carolina, so we're gonna move on. Number 11, Serena Williams sock loyalty. Over the course of an entire Grand Slam tournament, Serena Williams wears the same pair of socks every match. She has won 23 of these things. However, so we can't blame her for leaning on the debris <laughs> and the filthy serve for eight weeks a year. I feel like this is a complete travesty. Yeah. I'm sorry I read that. Apparently she wears stinky socks. Yeah, yeah. That's how it is. I, I hate tennis. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, where's Jason Voorhees at? Yeah. NASCAR, is anybody a NASCAR fan? No. You like NASCAR? What does NASCAR stand for? Anybody know? No idea. You know? No. Uh, I believe, somebody can fact check me, National Association of Stock Car American Racing. Sounds right. We'll go with that. Yeah. Someone Google it and see if I'm right. In any way, a sport that is quite literally a matter of life and death, you can expect more than a few superstitions. NASCAR certainly delivers here. Rumor has it, this is crazy, $50 bills and peanut shells have been found in the cars of drivers who have died in the wrecks. How many people are dying? We all know about Del Earnhardt. Oh, what are we literally descending on these burning cars with $50 bills and peanuts? They've been found in the cars of drivers who have died in wrecks and now both are verboten at speedways across America. The somewhere more, the more Dave, you know. Somewhere Davey Allison is signed. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. How do you even say it? I don't even know how to follow up. We'll follow it up with some Wade Boggs action. Yeah, exactly. That's how. Finger licking chicken, baby. After Wade Boggs decided the chicken was responsible for his multi-hit games midway through his rookie season. That's kind of like uh, Serrano. Oh, you? absolutely. You want to sacrifice a real chicken. Anyway, Wade Boggs never looked back, racking up 3,010 hits and nearly 3,000 pregame poultry meals during his time in the majors. So Wade Boggs didn't just like the sauce. He liked the chicken. 
My only question we should determine by NetLeaks show is, was it the same chicken from the same place? Because when you're on the road, how do you get the same chicken that you get in Boston? You don't, but you love that chicken from Popeye's. <laughs> Y'all don't know about Popeye's, but I do, damn it. And it's good. And then it chicken wasn't sandwiches chicken sandwiches. The Chicago Cubs, no, no go policy. Why is this even a thing? There's a lot of reasons you shouldn't bring a goat to a baseball game. But a 110-year-old curse allegedly bestowed upon the Cubs by William quote, Billy Goat, Cianis, after being turned away from game four of the 1945 World Series, he put a goat's uh, you know, curse on the team, and it probably was a good one because they didn't win a World Series in, I guess, another, what, 60 years? 60 plus years. You believe in the goat curse? Obviously, no, it's them and lifted, right? I don't care if it's been lifted or not. I think it's just Cubs fans trying to wish they were Red Sox fans. Yeah, don't oh, say nothing, sock. Biggie. You ain't got nothing to add. Fuck. Talking about goats. Uh, how about Michael doing the secret shorts? If you saw Space Jam, you know about it. But when MJ entered the association in the 80s, short shorts were all the rage. When you take a close look at the highlights, you'll notice that Mr. Aramis preferred the more modest link. It wasn't because Jordan was shy out of he was concealing that second pair of shorts. His lucky North Carolina target shorts that he wore underneath his shirt. You all knew that, right? Oh, you yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't even feel like I should make a list of such a compliment. All right, Jason. This Jason. is a better one. All right. I don't know this one. Jason Giambi's gold thong. Oh, Say God. that with a straight face. Yeah. Jason Giambi suffering through a barren hitting. Thong, the thong, thong, thong. I like the way your booty go. I like the way your booty go. Can you name another song about Cisco? No. Exactly. So we're going to finish Giambi and that he turned to baseball's secret slump buster. Not my favorite slump buster that I'll cover in a minute. The gold G string. Giambi, sure enough, for him at work. He uh, copped his choice of undergarments. <laughs> America's baseball loving masses had no choice but to call out their mind's eye. What the fuck? What's that mean? I don't know. I'm moving on. Giambi apparently wore a golden thong as he busted a slump. Oh, that's all it can mean. Yeah. It's not on the list, but Brian Giles took naked batting practice. That's how he slept best. Nice. Would you ever take naked BP? Oh, absolutely. You're not worried about something? If you guys are around, I'll do it. I, I'm not even worried about witnesses. I'm worried more about like the the cause and effect of taking naked batting. Or, well, they get like mono or something. <laughs> well, not <laughs> but you could be Yelich if you took one of the kneecaps. Yeah, what if you took one of the nether regions? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got you. All right, for uh, our golf fans out there, Ernie Els birdie balls. Though Tiger Woods Sunday red shirt is unquestionably the most famous and successful form of superstition in PGA Tour history, Ernie Els has wrapped the quirkiest tradition. Believing that each ball possesses one good score, Els thus discards each ball after a birdie or an eagle. It helps when you get the tour balls for free, though, because those things cost three bucks a pop. But basically, if he hits a birdie or an eagle, he's throwing that one in the sink afterwards. Would you do that? I would not. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Thanks for the insight. That was very, very thoughtful and thorough. I believe that the ball is only as good as the ball striker. Not if it's getting sponsored by a big company that's paying for it. What are you doing with those balls? Are you donating them to charity? I, no, he's just throwing them in the sink. You're an idiot. <laughs> uh, is this Pele? Pele? Pele Lindbergh's beer breaks? I like oh, this one. I like this This one. is Hoshman. MHL's first... Desna. Desnia trophy was also the first to begin placing a water bottle on top of his neck. So that's a goalie, I'm assuming. Yeah. But it is for another hydration ritual he is perhaps best known for. That sounds like a Russian name, maybe. In, uh, in between periods, Lindbergh would drink a beer. It has always been served in by the same trainer. It has always been served in the glass of two ice cubes. And it always has to be a Crips. What the hell is Crips? You're the beer guy. I don't know what Crips is. It That's... just tells you right there. Crips is a hard to find brand from his native Sweden. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Give me a Crips with two ice cubes so that I can save the gold. I love it so specific. Uh, That's a man who knows what he wants. Pele Lindbergh. I love it. You are a real man of genius. <laughs> oh, here we go. MMA fighter. Leona Machada. Machida. Because you earned that. Leona Machida. Yeah, you gotta read this. Leona Machida. MMA fighter Leona Machida says he drinks his urine every morning as a natural medicine. We don't have to explain why this is crazy, do we? Why? Who? Moises Alou used to pee on his hands, and we thought that was crazy. This guy did. For extra grip, right? Ever, it was. Yeah. Have you ever seen Kingpin? Yes. You remember at the beginning of the movie where they asked Roy Munson, could you get sick for drinking your own piss? I remember that. And he says, probably. Leona Machina needs to hear that advice. You can probably get sick from He's drinking. never seen Kingpin. Don't drink your own piss. We are yeah. not condoning that here. No. We don't know sports. No. Even if you think you piss excellence, there's a place for that You to may go. piss excellence and shit perfection, but I wouldn't drink or eat either of it. That's all I'm saying. Amen. Who's Tucker Wendell? No, it's Turk Wendell. That's a typo. Turker? Turk? Turk Wendell. don't know who Turk Wendell is. Come on. It says Tucker. In the I, headlines. I can only Look. work. Turk Lindell. Okay, I can only work what's given to no, no. Mr. Brown's fired from editing. No, that's what um, it was said in the, in the headlines. Right. So anyway, he's a baseball journeyman, right? Yeah, He's absolutely. probably best known for his uh, teeth brushing the dugout. I remember him. <laughs> I don't remember that. No, I didn't. He's had the cup. That was uh, apparently just one arrow in his quiver of obsessive <laughs> convulsive quirks. Wendell also wore a necklace made of teeth. From the animals he hunted and We killed. talked about this earlier. Yes, we are going big game hunting in Africa so we can wear a predator-style necklace. Yeah. He drew three crosses on the mountain before every game and insisted all his contract offers ended in number 99. He is miraculously not wanted for the <laughs> FBI in questioning. Where the hell do you find this stuff? Oh, that's great. You don't remember Turk Wendell? I needed a Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm, you have memory, right? I do. Cubs and Mets. Yeah, you had this thing too where other than brushing the teeth, he had to do a leap off of oh, yeah. the right foot to the left foot and then over where the right foot landed first over you made the me entire more baseline. He wouldn't step on the foul line. No, but I mean, never, he made it never. a... It was, it was very... Like step on a crack, you break your mom's yeah, back. Exactly. Like he was, was very exaggerated. over a puddle. All right, sir, is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Well, if he's not, then I don't know who he is. Yeah. 
Last but not least, before you guys give me if you have any curses, number one on the Friday the 13th countdown, Sports Illustrated Madden's with respective cover curses. Peyton Hillis, Dante Culpepper, maybe the Cubs or the Texas Rangers. Tom Brady tearing his ACL. Rob Gronkowski tearing his ACL. Vince Young, Michael Spence, Pete Rose. Is there anything worse than being on the cover of a magazine or a video game before a big year? Peyton Hillis should not be on this list. You want to know why? He was crappy before he was on the damn cover. What are you talking about? They he were struggling a for a cover athlete that Great year. Great white hype. If you want to talk about bad cover athletes, you put Mike Vick on there for being on the cover and then going to jail. <laughs> That's what you do. Oh, everybody had Scooby-Doo because Michael Vick is coming for you. So Friday the 13th, do you have any superstitions that you adhere to? Mr. Brown? Anybody. I mean, I had a big problem. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I, to this day, still don't step on the foul line when I come off the field. Why? It's weird to me. You don't want the chalk on your cleats? No, it's it's a superstition, man. When was the last time you suited up? Uh, It's been about... I don't know, 10 years. So I guess you don't still do that. Nah, I wouldn't do it if I did. Would you eat the grass like less miles? Maybe. If it let me hit better. It might. Yeah. There's some my chlorophyll in there. Yeah. That's supposed to be good for you. Biggs, you got any superstitions? No, I just believe in lucky socks. That's not a superstition, though. It's a proven fact. Here's my superstition. I believe that whatever team I root for will ultimately lose, so therefore I vicariously root for every team except for the ones I really care about. It hasn't worked out well for West Virginia. You ought to change that up. No, at some point I'll become an adult and I'll realize that I have no impact on the outcome of actual physical games. But until then, I'm still going to buy these superstitions. You need to change it. What should I change? All of it. Look who who you root for. Do the opposite. Am I, am I the reason why these teams don't succeed? Absolutely. So I wasn't a Bengals fan. They win. Pull a Costanza here. Do the opposite of yeah. every natural feeling and, that you have. Andy Dalton probably be a little best, little best. Uh, let him talk. Little less ginger. <laughs> no, there's no way that man, that gorgeous man, can be less ginger than what he is. It's all your fault. You can't control that. Mm. Well, while you guys sit here and me and ridicule me into oblivion. This show has been brought uh, to you by Sierra Nevada's Hazy Little IPA, Hazy Little Thing, uh, some type of uh, bourbon from Kentucky that Canadian Biggie has drank. I've had several concoctions of different things that have probably impaired my ability to deliver you a productive show. But regardless of that, we're glad you joined us, and we hope that you had at least some form of entertainment for the last hour. But until next week, This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast, and we appreciate each and every one of you, but especially those that follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. Keep the faith, baby. We love all of you, and we'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And right now, it looks like the Panthers and the 
Buccaneers are down to the wire. So right now, Biggie, who's going to win this game at 17, 14 bucks? He doesn't pick the Bucks. You done picked the Bucks? Who you got? Panthers. No, we done said the Panthers. We all said not. the Panthers, right? So yeah. we're looking all bad right. once again. So if we're uh, not on this show next week, it's because we don't know the That is done.